In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, Lent is approaching. Today, Jesus foresees that his disciples will be troubled, afraid, panicked at his passion. So he prepares them. He reassures them, explaining to them the mystery of his passion and death. The voices of the prophets had proclaimed the accomplishment of the tragedy of his passion and the glory which should follow. The disciples were regular people, not superhumans. So Jesus tells them what lays ahead. They do not understand, but Jesus enables them to open their intelligence later, when his passion and death take place. The word of God proclaimed to us is meant to make us aware of our need for God's mercy and to come to get it. It's meant to help us learn how to walk by faith or even better, as we see in the gospel, to spring up and run by faith. It's meant to help us focus on God's love for us in such a way that we will be transformed to love others by the same standards. Let's allow what God is teaching us in these readings to sink deeply within so that, like the blind man in the gospel, we can cry out to Jesus for the help we need and resolve with that assistance to live the best land of our life. The blind man whom St. Mark identifies as Bartimaeus was sitting by the roadside begging. He didn't cry out for arms. He didn't cry out at that point for a miracle. He cried out simply for mercy. Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. He had doubtless heard of Jesus' miracles in Galilee and was responding in faith. Hearing him, many of those following Jesus and trying to hear what he was teaching responded not with mercy but with a rebuke, telling Bartimaeus to shut his trap. But that only led the man 
to trick all the more. Son of David, have pity on me. Jesus stopped and ordered that Bartimaeus be brought to him. For Jesus, caring for this man, was more important than whatever he was teaching at that moment, because it was, in fact, the central message of the gospel he was proclaiming. Jesus had been telling the crowd that they were ascending from Jericho to Jerusalem, and there everything written in the prophets about the suffering servant, about the just man being beset by evil doors, about Isaac carrying the wood for the sacrifice, about Abel being slain by Cain, would be fulfilled as he would be betrayed to the Romans, mocked, insulted, spat upon, scourged and killed, but raised on the third day. All of it was taking place so that through his passion, death and resurrection, Jesus could lift, lift us up from our own Jerichos, heal our own spiritual blindness and respond definitively to our cries for the Messiah to give us God's mercy. Jesus, however, wanted to involve Bartimaeus, just like he wants to involve us in the process of healing. After hearing the blind man screaming, it would have been very easy for Jesus to come to meet him exactly where he was begging by the roadside. He was blind after all. Instead, Jesus drew near, but then he called Bartimaeus to get up to come to him. This was to engage Bartimaeus' freedom to stoke his desire, to exercise his faith, to give him, to give him greater, greater personal involvement in the miracle Jesus was about to accomplish. St. Mark tells us Bartimaeus threw aside his cloak, sprang up, and came to Jesus. The cloak was his outer garment to keep warm at night, like a winter jacket for homeless person during these cold days of winter. It was, in a sense, a security blanket to leave it behind, to wander from such a comfort zone to go to Jesus would have taken courage and faith because being blind 
he might never find it again. But Bartimaeus was intentionally embracing a new life and establishing a new security. As a model for the journey, each of us is called to make, to make during Lent. He left the cloak and the past behind, sprang up and raced to respond to the call of Jesus. Bartimaeus responded immediately. What do you want me to do for you? said Jesus, and Bartimaeus replied, Lord, please let me see again, indicating that Bartimaeus had lost the sight he once had. He wanted to be able to see anew. Dear friends, in Lent we need to recognize that each of us has lost the innocence of faith and the purity of vision we once had. Jesus is the, in this season asked us, what do you want me to do for you? And we are called to allow him to help us to see again fully, to see things in the light of the truth. Coming on Quinquagesima Sunday, we see how Lent is a time during which, no matter what pits we are in, however deep or dark, we cry out to Jesus for mercy. And Christ approaches, calls us to arise and come to him, wanting to restore our vision and strengthen us to live by the faith that saves, so that we too might follow Jesus fully and spend our lives, our family lives, glorifying him. That's the first lesson we learn about approaching God with faith, recognizing our blindness and our need for God's mercy. The second is equally important. It's about the love in which we are supposed to grow in Lent. The teaching of St. Paul in this famous page to the Corinthians is like a mirror of Jesus' soul, the soul of the blind beggar is a burning furnace of faith. The heart of Jesus is a burning furnace of charity. He is able to give salvation even to those who mocked him and condemned him to death. 
Dear friends, we need nothing more than we need love. If we were to offer all that we are and all that we have to help the poor, it would be Paul into nothingness without love. So don't do so with love, then we gain nothing. Lent is short, is supposed to be a season of love. Making the time for prayer shows how much we love the Lord. Almsgiving shows how much we really love our neighbor. Fasting shows how much we really hunger for what God hungers, which involves not only our self-mastery, but our hunger and thirst for holiness. During Lent, dear friends, Jesus calls us to a different standard of love than we find in the world. In the world, we find love, but in general, a limited love. People think they love because they love some family members or friends or a spouse. But Jesus tells us in the Sermon on the Mount if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. We will find some love among saints. We are called to love by a different standard, namely Christ. The love we see in him is patient, and kind is not jealous, pompous, arrogant, rude, self-seeking, quick-tempered of self-pitying. It focuses and celebrates not the wrong we can others do, but rejoices in the truth, in what is right, in the good people do. Our love is supposed to be similar. Each of the attributes St. Paul lists, which are able, predicable of Christ, are meant to describe us, not just toward our best friends and closest family members, but towards those who have made themselves enemies. It's never justified for us to become pompous, inflated, rude, and quick-tempered. It's never justified to broad over injuries or to rejoice in their wandering or faults. When true, 
Saint Paul says, love never fails. And if our love fails when tested, especially when we think we are justified in not loving those we don't like or who do evil, then we are not living by a Christian standards. Even when we must criticize or call to conversion, we must do so not with battery acid in our hearts and lips, but in such a way that they get the sense that we love them even more than we hate the evil they are engaged in. Our loving, our loving begins with not hating. It begins with praying sincerely for those who are hard to like and whose positions we could never support, that God not hold their sins against them. Because if we don't love like this, all of other spiritual practices will, in the final analysis, amount to nothing. Like Jesus in the Gospel, we must have compassion for those who are blind, and even greater compassion on those who have not yet realized they are blind. As a child, we may have behaved differently, but now, as adults, we, like St. Paul, must put away childish ways. Dear friends, today Jesus asked us, as he asked Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Let us each ask him for ourselves, for each other, and for all Catholics, especially those in most need of God's mercy, to help us to live land with the trusting faith and passionate, all-consuming love God desires and deserves. Let us ask him so to transform us that we, like Bartimaeus, may come to experience the depth of God's saving love and spend the rest of our land, to spend the rest of our life giving glory to God so that all others may praise him. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.